and, and I watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women, playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. listening to WERAF-FMLP 96.7 in Arlington, Virginia, and this is Enlighten Me. I'm your host, Andrea Cambron, on this warm 90-degree sunny day in Arlington, Virginia. Happy hump day to all of you out there ending your workday, and congratulations to all the parents who have successfully sent your kids off to school this week. On the program today, Rashid Malik. He is a policy analyst with the Center for American Progress. He recently completed research on child care choices, who has them, who doesn't, and why. Also, we'll talk to him about uh, that as President Obama has repeatedly stated that expanding access to high-quality early childhood education is among the smartest investments that we can make. And later, it's a family affair. For those of you who have sent your children off to school, we'll go to the experts, the kids themselves. As my own children will tell me how they appreciate going back to school, you won't want to miss it. Now, let's take a look at some of the news. Here are some of the stories coming out of Arlington. Arlington will play a bigger role in this year's Marine Cops Marathon due to metro changes. Those in Arlington or driving to Arlington will now be able to park at the Boston Mall garage and take an Art 42 bus to the Runner's Village area near the Pentagon. The buses will start running at 5 a.m. There are more options. There's free parking in the garage at 23rd and Crystal Drive in Crystal City with shuttles running to the Runner's Village or paid parking in Pentagon City. The shuttles will also run from the Reagan Building in D.C. and from the Gaylord, the official Marine Corps Marathon Hotel at National Harbor. Officials are encouraged uh, for runners to stay at the hotels in National Harbor or Arlington if possible. Should runners arrive late and not make it through security uh, until after 7.55 a.m. start, they won't have to rush. The starting line will be kept open until 8.55 a.m. this year, about 40 minutes longer than usual, according to MCM marketing manager Mark Goldman. To make sure runners can beat the bridge... Make a mid-race cutoff point in time. The course is is being extended in Arlington. At the beginning of the race, there will be an extra uh, open on Marathon Day. The Marine Corps will take place Saturday, October 29th. It will start uh, near Roslyn. In D.C., police have arrested two more people in a shooting that occurred at McDonald's near the Verizon Center Arena in downtown Washington. Washington District Columbia Police said in a news release that 20-year-old Lafayette Booker of Northeast Washington and a 17-year-old boy from Capitol Heights, Maryland, were arrested on Tuesday. Both were charged with assault with intent to rob. A 15-year-old boy was previously arrested and charged with assault with intent to kill. The shooting occurred shortly before noon on August 12th. The victim survived the shooting. And online court records show Booker was charged in June with theft and assault on a police officer and was in court this week after being charged with failure to appear. The attorney who represented him in that case did not immediately return the message. Mike Pence says that Donald Trump's trip to Mexico demonstrates what a decisive leader he would be if elected president. Trump's running mate told Fox News Wednesday that Trump immediately responded to an invitation by the Mexican president. He noted that Hillary Clinton received the same invitation but has not responded yet. 
Pence also said that Trump is expected to discuss the logistics of the uh, Trump's proposed border wall, something Trump insists Mexico will pay for, despite the president's rec- re- uh, condemnation of the plan. In Milwaukee, a state lawmaker said police officers threw him to the ground and put him in handcuffs as he tried to de-escalate tensions after about 10 people were arrested at the scene of a recent fatal police shooting on Milwaukee's north side. He says he was talking with members of the community in Sherman Park neighborhood at about 10 p.m. Tuesday when he was cuffed and thrown into a police wagon. He was later released and police earlier arrested 10 people for disorderly contact and resisting officers. Police say Sherman Park residents asked officers to respond about uh, about 8 p.m. after about 30 to 40 people gathered near the area uh, where Slyville Smith was shot and killed nearly three weeks ago. Two nights of violent unrest followed his death. Maryland Governor Paul LePage is rejecting some lawmakers' assertions that his addiction or mental health issues is vowing and is vowing that he won't resign. Addressing a handful of reporters Wednesday, the Republican said he is not an alcoholic or a drug addict and does not have mental issues. LePage says he plans to see, speak spiritual guidance in hopes of quieting a controversy he created when he left an obscene message on a Democratic lawmaker's voicemail. And he said he wished he could challenge him to a duel and point a gun at him. He also blamed the media for fueling the controversy and said he won't be speaking to reporters anymore. Page apologized to the lawmakers earlier Wednesday when he said he was angry because Rep. Drew Gatine calls him him a racist, something Gatine has denied. Also, there's a police shooting. There has been a police shooting in Virginia, in Roanoke. The American Civil Liberties Union of Virginia and the Roanoke branch of the NAACP are urging federal officials to investigate police practices in Roanoke County, where officers shot and killed a black teen. In February, in a letter to Attorney General Loretta Lynch in her office this month, the groups requested more information about the death of 18-year-old Keontae Spencer. Police said officers shot Spencer after he ignored their commands to drop a BB gun and resembled, that resembled a pistol. The Roanoke County Commonwealth's attorney said in May that no charges will be filed against the officers. The names and races of the officers have yet to be released. The ACLU and NAACP says they believe Roanoke County police practices target minorities and people with disabilities. Also, Florida State's attorney Angela Corey, the lead prosecutor on the case where George Zimmerman Zimmerman was ultimately acquitted, has lost her bid for a third term as state attorney. Corey was first elected for the Sunshine State's fourth judicial judicial circuit in 2008, and she won re-election in 2012. She lost Tuesday's primary election to Republican challenger and former state uh, assistant state attorney Melissa Nelson, who ran as a conservative, yet promised to rein in some of Corey's alleged excesses as a prosecutor. Nelson won decisively in all three Jacksonville area counties, according to Florida news station WOKV in Duval County. Nelson got 65 percent compared to Corey's 27 percent. In Clay County, the results were 64 to 23 percent. According to Florida Times Union, Nelson must now defeat write-in candidate Kenny Lee in the general election on November 8th to secure the state attorney position. 
There has been uh, senators who support uh, President Dilma Rousseff are submitting a request to separate the upcoming decision on whether to remove her from office and to ban her from further protests in two different votes. Rousseff is on trial for breaking fiscal responsibility laws in her management of the federal budget. She will be removed permanently from office if 54 of the 81 senators vote in favor. Senators want to separate the vote in her removal from the presidency on a ban on holding public office for eight years. And also, Brazil's Senate has begun its final session and a trial that will decide the fate of uh, the president. She, if 51 voted of the 81 vote, senators vote in favor, uh, Rousseff will be removed from office. The same body voted 55 to 22 in May to impeach and suspend her. Also in Italy... In Amatrice, firefighters have conducted a preliminary search of Amatrice's crumbled elementary school, and financial police have been gu- begun gathering documentation about contracts of renovations f- of quake-destroyed public buildings as the investiga- investigation into the devastation kicked into high gear a week after the Tembler struck in central Italy. Trembler. Tremble. Stuck, struck central Italy. Sorry. Another body was extracted from the rubble early Wednesday and a 23-year-old student who was injured in the hard-hit medieval time, time town uh, died at the hospital, bringing the death toll from the August 24th uh, to 294, with a handful of people still missing. The 3.8 magnitude aftershock hit the quake zone on Wednesday, reportedly damaging a building in Norcia. It was one of more than 3,000 post-quake aftershocks that have rattled residents. In Egypt, in Cairo, uh, Egypt's parliament has toughened penalties for female genital mutilation, adopting amendments that punish perpetrators with up to 15 years in prison if a child dies and up to seven years for carrying out the procedure. Wednesday's vote comes four days after Cabinet sent the proposed amendments to Parliament. The state MENA news agency quoted lawmaker Ahmed El-Sharif as saying the penalties are meant as an act of deterrence. Female genital mutilation was criminalized in 2008 but remains widespread in Egypt. In May, a 17-year-old girl died of a suspected uh, stroke under anesthesia while undergoing female circumcision, circumcision in the city of Suez. The United Nations estimates that at least 200 million girls and women in 30 countries have undergone the procedure, with half of them in Egypt, Ethiopia, and Indonesia. And Africa's elephants rapidly declining as poaching thrives. The results of a new survey show a rapid decline in Africa's savanna elephants as international and domestic ivory trades drive poaching across the continent. Researchers with the Great Elephant Census, a comprehensive survey funded by Microsoft co-founder and philanthropist Paul Allen, say Africa's savanna elephant population plummeted to about 30 percent from 2007 to 2014 and is steadily declining at about 8 percent a year. The aerial survey covered 18 countries using dozens of airplanes to fly the equivalent of going to the moon and partway back. The study, involving 90 scientists, estimated a population of 352,271 savanna elephants. Overall, researchers spotted about 12 carcasses out of every 100 live elephants, indicating poaching at a high enough level to cause population decline. The rates were much higher than that in some other countries. Also in Maryland, Maryland has been awarded 800000 to restore oysters in Chesapeake Bay. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has awarded Maryland to help restore the Chesapeake, 
Chesapeake Bay's oyster population. Senators Barbara Mikulski and Ben Cardin announced the award in news release Tuesday. The award to the Maryland Department of Natural Resources will go to producing and planting 1.5 billion hatchery seeds in three years. In Portland, Oregon, a small but growing number of restaurants are doing away with the tipping model that has long been the norm in the United States. In an effort to even disparate pay among restaurant staff and as a means to cope with rising minimum wages and other industry changes, some restaurant owners say tipping has been a flawed system. Restaurants that have eliminated the entrenched practice have seen mixed results, and some ended up abandoning the experiment. The re- one restaurant owner in Portland raised prices about 20% to compensate and says everyone now shares in the success of a busy night, but another said he realized it was a terrible idea after watching customer after customer push cash toward his staff and then them having to refuse it. In Virginia Beach, state officials say the Virginia Beach nightclub where a man was fatally shot during an event hosted by rapper Young Jeezy has given up his liquor license. Representatives of the Virginia Department of Alcohol and Beverage Control tell the Virginian pilot that club embassy surrendered its liquor license over the weekend. That means the club can't sell alcohol and is effectively out of business. The club can apply for its license to be reinstated, but the shooting early Sunday, Saturday morning was at least the fourth at the club embassy over the past two years. 34-year-old Demetrius McLeod of Norfolk was killed, and police have nev- not identified any suspects as of yet. His uh, Young Jeezy is from Atlanta. He's a four-time Grammy, Grammy, Grammy nominee. His hit songs include Soul Survivor. Speaking of entertainment news, Chris Brown has been in the news lately. He's been bailed out of jail, and Los Angeles County jail records show he was released late Tuesday night after posting a $250,000 bail. He was arrested hours earlier on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon after a woman called for help from a uh, gathering at his home. The arrest marked the conclusion of nearly a 14-hour-long standoff with the police. Police say officers first responded to Brown's Los Angeles home around 3 a.m. The woman was was not identified and police didn't elaborate on the assistance she needed. However, model Bailey Coran told the Los Angeles Times that Brown pointed a gun at her face. Brown later posted messages on social media proclaiming his innocence. And uh, as of the latest story, I've heard that that uh, that story is false, that uh, there was never a gun pointed to uh, Bailey Coran's um face and you know this story is ongoing so uh, I hope that the latest proves that you know nothing actually did happen at this home Fox News says that Andrea Tantaros is not a victim but an opportunist in its response to the sexual harassment lawsuit filed later the week in the week by uh, the former Fox News host in that response filed Monday in New York the networks asked that the case go to arbitration in what it says is in accordance with her employment agreement. The network notes that she is already a party to pending arbitration after having been suspended by Fox, which has accused her of breaching her employment agreement by writing a book without prior authorization. Tanteros last week sued the network, its ousted chairman, and other top executives claiming they retaliated after she detailed unwanted sexual advances made by her one-time boss, Roger Ailes. Fox says Tanteros' allegations about sexual harassment are a smokescreen. In Columbus, Ohio, a study suggests Ohio's restrictions on the so-called abortion pill led to a higher rate of side effects. 
more doctor visits, and additional medical treatment for patients. The law took effect in 2011 after a series of legal disputes, and it initially required providers to providers to follow outdated protocols that federal regulators approved for the drug mifepristone. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration's guidelines at the time contained a higher, more expensive dosage, and the FDA revised the drug protocol in March, allowing Ohio providers to update the treatment regimen. Researchers analyzed the law's impact on medical abortion before and after it took effect. They found more women who took the drug after the law went into effect required additional treatment to complete their abortion. Also, classroom exercise equipment has benefit for students, studies show. It's the era of students in motion, and gone are the days when they had to sit still until gym class or recess. Enter some K-12 K-12 classrooms across the country and you'll find exercise balls instead of chairs, standing desks instead of sitting ones, and movement welcome, even in math class. After a one-year pilot program that used pedal and standing desks at Oak Ridge Elementary School in Arlington, Virginia, teachers noticed improvements in students' concentration and cooperation, Principal Lynn Wright told CNBC. All right, and also, in a little bit of lighter news, the Going Out Guide for Northern Virginia uh, uh, this for this week, September 1st through the 7th, in Arlington, the Opera Nova Concert. Uh, as this concert is uh, sponsored by the Women's Club of Arlington, uh, it is located on 700 South Buchanan Street in Arlington, Virginia. Go to www.arlingtonarts.org. Uh, the, the price is pretty cheap. It's three to five bucks and Oh, uh, and so reservations are required. Sorry about that. Uh, so reservations are required. So go to arlingtonarts.com. All right. And also a tropical storm watch is in effect for the southern half of Georgia's 100-mile coast and a stretch of North Florida's Atlantic region. The National Hurricane Center issued the watch Tuesday morning for coastal portions of southeast Georgia and northeast Florida. It means tropical storm conditions are possible within 48 hours from south of Darien, Georgia to St. Augustine, Florida. The watch area includes uh, the Georgia cities of Brunswick and St. Mary's, and the tropical depression in the Gulf of Mexico is forecast to strengthen to a tropical storm before making landfall Thursday night or Friday morning along the northwest coast of Florida. The storm is expected to cross northern Florida and southeast Georgia on Friday. All right, so coming up, guys, I have uh, Rashid Malik. He is a policy analyst for the Center for American Progress. You will not want to miss it. We're talking about uh, child care choices with school starting this week. What happens when, uh, you know, you don't have those choices? This is all coming up on WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM. All right, so... Do you love all things grilling and barbecue? Then come hang with us at the Smokehouse. I'm Jackie Stephen. And I'm Jim Block. Join us for interviews, music, recipes, equipment tips, and so much more on the Smokehouse. Fridays at 8 p.m. on WERA 96.7 FM.
You are listening to WERALP 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. This is Enlighten Me. I am your host, Andrea Cambron. Rashid Malik is a policy analyst for the Early Childhood Policy Team at the Center for American Progress. He previously completed a graduate study internship with the Poverty to Prosperity Program at American Progress, focusing on strengthening the social safety net, including social security disability insurance and unemployment insurance systems. Malik holds a Bachelor of Science in Public Affairs from the City University of New York and a Master's Degree in Public Policy from the Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy at the University of Michigan, and he has been doing studies on the effects of child care uh, and the child care crisis in the U.S., And he says that African-American families are especially hard hit by the rising cost of child care and limited options for working families. He joins us now. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rashid. Thanks for having me. All right. So talk a little bit about what uh, you've uncovered in this study. You did a study on African-American families and how they have to essentially work more, earn less, and face uh, difficult childcare choices. Talk about some of the things that you discovered in that uh, study. Absolutely. So we um, we were looking at census data on um, children under the age of six and trying to find out um, how uh, you know relative to other kids um, how frequently are African-American kids uh, in households where all parents in the house are working. Mm -hmm. Um, That turned out to be 75% or three in four children under the age of six are are in homes where where all available parents have to uh, work outside of the home. Um, That's about 63% for all other kids. And um, what this means for for a lot of African-American families is um, you know they're they're facing this double burden of uh, having to work at higher rates, um, but very often for lower wages relative to, um, especially relative to white non-Hispanic families, and um, so we have a ch- childcare crisis really for all American families, um, but. This, uh, this puts African-American families in, in an especially difficult position. Yeah. There's, a, there's an interactive uh, 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 study on uh, Center for American Progress that I really want people to go see. It's the hidden cost of a failing child care system, and it details that the average annual cost to have two children in child care is almost $18,000. Um, and that leaves many families to choose between spending a portion of their paycheck on child care or finding some less expensive and possibly lower quality child care um, or leaving the f- workforce altogether. And that uh, compounds even more issues when uh, African-American families leave the workforce, uh, especially when both incomes are needed or, or one income is needed. Uh, talk about you know, how that plays into the stresses that African-Americans have to deal with in trying to figure out how to come to grips with the child care choices that they face. Well, many families are, um, when they they've have t- especially two young children, they have these really steep costs. I mean, especially in our part of the country, you know, here in the D.C. area, we have... Um, for, for many child care centers, 
the the cost for of care for two kids of those ages is going to be even more than that 18,000 number mm-hmm. um, because that's a national average. Mm-hmm. And so you have um, oftentimes young families um, really trying to, to get their financial footing and, and maybe they want to be saving for the future and, and thinking towards um, long-term costs of, of hoping, hopefully for, for college for their children and, and retirement. And what childcare amounts to is... Um, pretty much like a second mortgage or, or a second rent for a lot of families. Um, in many cases, it it's, would be more than the cost of rent if you have an infant and a four-year-old. And that's not a very uncommon, um, you know, family type to have two young kids um, under the age of five. And uh, and so, you know, we, we what we try to, to um, lay out in the column is that the families pretty much have a, a, a lose, lose, lose situation yeah. where, yeah. you know, they might be able to opt for a variety of childcare arrangements um, at lower cost, but maybe at the cost of having, you know, slightly lower quality or, or inconsistencies in care or more stress in kind of travel and, and arranging things, or they're spending, uh, you know, all, all of their <laughs> a disp- a disposable income mm-hmm. on childcare, or maybe they're um, choosing to have one parent stay uh, stay home and care for the kids. In which case, they would be foregoing not just the salary that uh, or earnings that that they're leaving on the table, but the ability to um, save for their retirement. Yeah. Um, and to build on those earnings and and their their wage growth over time, and those things when you're young, uh, really really compound uh, later in in your life and in your total lifetime earning potential. Um, and in some cases, where you can go on to uh, uh, the hidden cost of uh, the child care crisis uh, calculator, and you can see that. Um, Depending on the age at which you leave the workforce and, and how much you're earning, uh, this can reduce your lifetime earnings by 20, 30 percent. Uh, it's often several times more what you think it would be, um, sometimes in the hundreds of thousands or, or even millions of dollars over your life. Yeah. And, 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 you know, most people don't know that. Most people don't know that, you know, when they say, you know, they're going to take off for to take care of their kids or they're going to, you know, get out of the workforce for a little bit just in order to, you know, raise their kids. They don't understand that, you know, compounded that reduces your earnings over your lifetime and sets you up, you know, essentially to fail, especially for uh, minorities who are, you know, don't make as much money, who, you know, work in professions where the income is less uh, talk about talk a little bit about how that affects um, you know p- families and the stress that families endure as well. That's right. Um, you know, for families of color, what we've uh, found in the statistics is that the the median African American household income is is forty percent lower than uh, the median white uh, household income, um, and that over time really builds up uh, a huge disparity. Uh, my my co-author uh, on this uh, article, Jamal Hagler, is with uh, CAPS 
Progress 2050 project. And mm-hmm. Progress 2050 looks at demographic shifts and, and how policies need to address the fact that, uh, you know, by 2050, we will be um, a majority people of color in this country. Yeah. Um, right now, it's a uh, majority of, of children under five are actually uh, non-white. And so um, we need to address these these disparities. Um, you know, we have a, a tremendous not just income gap between families of color and uh, and white families, but but a, a wealth gap, and mm-hmm. um, and so the income gap uh, over time uh, with these uh, different uh, challenges that that families of color will face can really really stack up against people. Yeah, you're talking about what is important to um, you know minority. W- families when it comes to the education of their their children uh in that center for american progress study uh in you know there was a a survey done on the most important election issues facing uh black and hispanic women uh the economy jobs health care uh, immigration and race was one of them but education was also a, a huge issue for uh minority uh families you know, talk a bit about uh, how this will play into the election season and how uh, the candidates have, you know, put together their platforms for education, education, especially early childhood education. Yeah, yeah, the, that's um, really, in, uh, in my mind, been um, elevated in this this campaign, and I think that's great. Um, the The fact is that for every dollar we spend on early childhood, um, we really, uh, for, as a society, we get uh, about eight to nine dollars um, in benefits as a as a kind of return on investment. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a that's a long understood fact about uh, child, early childhood investments, um, but Unfortunately, I think we we tend to get stuck in in sort of short term thinking, and we um, don't often consider that there is uh, there are a really a, a, a enormous benefits um, to not just the the children's educational outcomes, but um, you know health outcomes um, and. And, and even, you know, measures of happiness and, and, and life satisfaction, yeah. those things can become, uh, they can be uh, impacted by how we, as a society, invest in our young children. And so um, there's, you know, I think we saw both candidates talk a little bit about uh, child early childhood investment last week. Um, Secretary Clinton more so and and more uh, robustly than Donald Trump. Um, But it's that was is telling that that was a part of their their economic speeches. Um, This is not solely uh, just a a matter of for women or um, mothers, um, although oftentimes, you know, that's the piece of the electorate that the candidates are are speaking to because mm-hmm. women vote more than men and um, and oftentimes are responsible in their families for some of these economic decisions. Yeah. But there's a real benefit um, to candidates and um, to 
everyone uh, when we think long-term about the economics of investing in early childhood. Yeah, I know that uh, in looking at you know both of the candidates, I know that Hillary Clinton has a pretty robust agenda for early childhood education. Uh, I, I don't exactly, I haven't really seen too much uh, from Donald Trump as far as where he stands on um, early childhood education or how he will you know work to curb a lot of the costs that are associated with um, the the discrepancy between the high cost and uh, people's incomes. But, uh, you know, I, I've also seen that, um, you know, with Hillary Clinton as, or Secretary Clinton, former Secretary Clinton, uh, looking at childhood education as one of her key components of her campaign, um, what are, the, are some of the things that Center for American Progress, um, you know, would be advocating for within a Clinton or Trump presidency? Oh, I'd be happy to talk about that. We um, there's there's several pieces of this cri- uh, childcare crisis that um, we think could be addressed by some changes to to national policy. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we relative to other developed uh, Western nations, we spend a very small amount of uh, public funds on um, defraying the cost of, of early childhood uh, education and care. And um, while there are great programs like uh, Head Start and Early Head Start and, uh, um, and, and other programs to help cover some of the costs, right. they have been historically underfunded and, um, and that would be a really easy first step would be to, to uh, expand upon what works in those already established programs. But um, way beyond that, um, there are investments we could make on uh, um, programs in home visiting. And, and that's, that's starting very early when, um, when uh, uh, families have, have just had a child. And, um, and studies have shown that a, a series of visits from uh, a nurse or um, sometimes in some cases a social worker or, mm-hmm. or, or a combination of the two to empower parents with information and resources to um, welcome in this you know, new life into their lives, um, that can have really great health outcomes and, right. and can set people on the uh, path to success as parents and, and, um, and can, can really have great, great positives. Um, you know, there's there's some um, proposal, a, a major proposal that we have uh, put out there, which would um, help low low income and and middle class families pay for uh, high quality childcare uh, through the tax system, um, and that involves making certain tax uh, credits that are available now refundable, so okay. that they can be uh, more available to to families with lower incomes. And uh, and as well as tying that to making sure that that parents have the resources to select high quality options, um, mm-hmm. what we know is that um, you know there are sometimes what parents have to do what they can just to make sure that they they have their kids in in a safe uh, situation while they're at work or yeah. um, at school. But what um, really does a lot for for a child is to be in a an environment where there is really thought out curriculum and um, 
teachers and, and caregivers who are given support in their their um, their careers and are armed with the latest research driven um, materials so that they can have uh, a really so that you know these children who are are really priming primed to learn and and uh, can get the most out of that kind of uh, care situation yeah we are talking with Rashid Malik. He is a policy analyst at the Center for American Progress. So, Rashid, uh, when we've been talking about uh, the recent uh, study from Center for American Progress on black families who work more, earn less, and face difficult child care choices. So, Rashid, uh, recently, uh, Center for American Progress Progress uh, President Neera Tandon spoke at the Democratic National Convention where she talked about how uh, some policies uh, from the Democrats really helped her in her childhood um, and and how Democrats have helped her. Um, And I I know that recently she joined uh, the Clinton transition team. Um, you know, to usher in um, if if in case Hillary Clinton becomes the next president. Will Center for American Progress um, usher in a lot of robust policies uh, for early childhood ed- education if, in fact, uh, Hillary Clinton becomes the next president? Well, I certainly would hope so. You know, personally, from my point of view, um, what we think uh, here is that, that the um, you know, in the event that uh, Secretary Clinton uh, wins the election, it's it would certainly fit with her the the through line of her career uh, that she would want to do as much as she can mm-hmm. uh, for for working families and for young children. And so um, we have been working hard trying to make sure that we've uh, got a, a lot of great progressive ideas you know, out there for discussion and, and kind of ready to, um, you know, be be hopefully taken seriously. Um, there is, um, there has certainly been, that would, that would certainly fit with, you know, her priorities um, as she's shown in the com- campaign and, and while she was uh, first lady and mm-hmm. then senator. Um, so yeah, we're we're really hopeful that um, this is going to be a, a really major pivot point or inflection point for uh, early childhood policies and and other policies that would help young families and and well really you know families of of all types um, handle the the economic stresses that have grown over the past few decades. Um, there's been, in my opinion. You know, way too much attention to uh, to to corporate economics and and financial markets, and not so much, uh, not as much, really spent thinking about how uh, we can spend dollars effectively on uh, economic empowerment for families. Yeah. So uh, that would be a really great opportunity, I think. You're right. I mean, you know, and, and I, as you say that, I think about that and I think about how many times people think about the end result and not necessarily the root cause of, of issues. And, yeah. you know, and, and it, it is so important, especially the statistic regarding, um, you know, you'd get roughly 860 for every dollar spent on early learning mm. initiatives for children. You know, if you think about that alone, um, 
you know, it's it's almost a get. It should be almost a given in order to invest now to reap the rewards later. Um, and I'm so glad that you put that in those in those words in order for us to really understand that. Hey, you you might want to look at the the end result instead of um, looking at investing now. Um, you know. Yeah, we we um, we hear our leaders really talk um, in some cases emotionally about how they're doing this for their children and grandchildren, um, but then they too often I think act in really short term interest. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can look back the other direction and, and say, you know, some people want to make cast blame on on the current economic climate, um, just on things that have happened in the past few months or years. But these are symptoms of, of larger trends. And and um, and we have a, a really changing um, population right now. Um, we've got the, the retirement of the baby boomers um, already beginning, and the uh, the millennial generation is, um, by some accounts, I, I think I read last week, uh, is estimated to be much larger, in fact, yeah. than the baby boomers. And and there's all kinds of reporting that you can find on baby boomers. Some of it more spurious than others, but but um, there's um, certainly been later family formation and. Um, higher student debt and and a whole bunch of new challenges that um, we have to think about these things now or they can snowball and and bring about big problems over time. Um, we also need to think about children who are uh, who are young now as you know eventually the, the future, future. <laughs> leaders right. and and um, workforce kind of of tomorrow um you know hopefully they have plenty of time to to play and and learn in the in the meantime but um eventually they will be the the economic engine of this country and so that really uh, you know i mean that that's what really puts into perspective that that 860 for every dollar spent yeah we're talking with Rashid Malik again. He is a policy analyst at the Center for American Progress. He did a study recently on how African American wages have been low. Uh, they they work more and they face difficult childcare choices. Rashid, one more thing before we um, we head out. Uh, there was a recent article in Think Progress on uh, you know wages being stagnant for the past forty years, and it not really being the fault of American workers, but um, as the the result of the uh, stagnant wages has been deliberate government policy choices, and in the article it says policy decisions made on behalf of those with the most income, wealth, and power that suppressed wage growth, and research consistently showing that the government is more responsive to the desires of the rich than everyone else. Uh, and points to policies that undercut labor standards, such as allowing unemployment to remain too high, failing to raise the minimum wage, letting overtime protections erode and the corrosion of collective bargaining rights. What do you how do you feel uh, the erosion of unions over the past, I guess, decade, um, seeing that, you know, workers weren't able to bargain for higher wages uh, you know, they're not being set wages for for workers who, you know, to in order for them to earn a living, 
as being one of the other key um, reasons that uh, child care has been so difficult for uh, African-American and minority families? Well, I'm sure that that um, has played a big role in the, in these these uh, stagnant economic uh, uh, indicators. There, there's, um, there's, there's certainly, um, you know, we, we've seen a decline in, in union membership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think one thing that, that we may overlook sometimes is um, that not only do, do unions um, fight at the, the bargaining table, but they have um, historically been a really important political voice mm-hmm. for families, for working families, for, for, um, for, for people who don't usually get a seat at the table. And so um, that's, I think, you know, I, I, I would really hope that we, we see a resurgence in um, maybe a, a new 21st century um, labor uh, move, growth movement. Um, you know, that the, 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 this does get at, uh, these policies are kind of at the intersection of, uh, of work and family. And, and so, um, as we've seen, you know, more women join the uh, the workforce over the past 50 years. Um, that's coincided with uh, declining union membership, and mm-hmm. and probably not coincidentally. So uh, I hope that I hope that we can somehow reverse those trends. I know there's a lot of people working very hard to do that. Yeah. Um, and that could be, like you you said, you know, a really vital piece of. Um, of the solution, um, unions have been a great partner uh, of, of our team here at CAP, um, helping to to get the message out to to their membership and to their to families, um, and, and advocating on behalf of policies that we think uh, would uh, would help the greatest number of people. Yeah. Rashid Malik, a policy analyst at the Center for American Progress. The uh, article, Black Families Work More, Earn Less, and Face Difficult Childcare Choices. Thank you, Rashid. You made me go through so much research for this. It was so fun because I am a you, I am one of those people that just wants to kind of want to know as much as I can about a subject. And I, with school starting uh, recently for kids, it, it was important for me to just try to figure out for the for the people that weren't going to school, that those people that were under five years of age, what would happen to the families that um, don't have that school to uh, uh, send their children to. So, uh, Rashid, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. This is WERAFM in Arlington, Virginia. This is Enlighten Me with Andrea Cambrin. WERA is a project of Arlington Independent Media, a nonprofit media training, production, and distribution organization. AIM builds our community by bringing independent voices together to exchange ideas, opinions, and artistic expressions. By providing comprehensive media training, a fully equipped production facility, cable channels delivered to every Arlington subscriber, and a low-power FM radio station, we make people producers, not just consumers, of media. When you join the AIM family, you join hundreds of talented, dedicated volunteers who work together to bring independent news, information, art, and entertainment to our viewers. 
please join us for a free tour and orientation to our facility any Monday evening at 6 p.m. Or find us online at arlingtonmedia.org or wera.fm. talk like this. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay. Okay, you can go. Welcome to to the the show. show. All right, so you guys have fun today? Yes. Are you excited for school? Yes. Are you you excited for school? Red. What? Red. I did the colors. You want to do colors at school? Yeah. Okay. For show and tell. Oh, you like show and tell? Uh-huh. What, what are you going to show the teacher? My backpack. <gasps> oh, what kind of backpack did you get? Uh, owl, owl backpack. An owl backpack? Uh-huh. What, what else, what are you excited about for school, Sasha? Um, because I, I don't know. You don't know? Mm-hmm. Are you going to see your teachers? Yes. Are you excited for seeing your teachers? No. No, why not? I can't move. Guys, you know, in some some parts, of, we live in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I know that. So, uh, Sasha, and where do we live? In Washington, D.C. Yeah, we do. And in Washington, D.C., we are lucky. A lot of kids don't get to go to school at three years old because they, a lot of kids don't have programs like the ones in Washington, D.C., where kids get to go to school at three years old. You and Akmarie are really, really lucky. So you should, you should say thank you, President Obama. I can, I can smell this. The microphone? Mm-hmm. What does it smell like? Gum. Ew. <laughs> gum is disgusting. Akmarie, are you excited about going to school? You said gum was disgusting, right? What so, are, just, so I can't go to school. You can't go to school? Cause I need to put my microphone up. Akmarie. What are you doing? I'm pooping. Oh no. What are you doing? How are you doing? Akmer, are you really pooping? Mm-hmm. Mommy, no, no, how are no, no, you no, doing? No poop, no poop, no poop, no Mommy. pooping, no pooping, Akmarie. You can't poop. You can't poop. Thank you. You gotta hold it, Akmarie. Go hold it. Okay. I, 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 I need to get off this chair because this chair is too big. So, do you think this was a good show? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye.
There you go, guys. You heard it from the experts, Akmarie and Sashem. They have uh, uh, started their school week, and, and I'm so glad. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad that they decided not to, Akmarie decided not to poop. Uh, coming up next, Alvin Jones in his... Uh, in in his uh... speaking of poop, <laughs> stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, since the schools this just in, you yes. know, WERA we always have to have the top stuff. Sure. This doesn't affect Arlington or Virginia, but starting 2017, by executive order, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland said that public schools will start after Labor Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so he was some an, started and some didn't. Yeah. And he was in Ocean City. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, so, Alvin. Yes. Your show. Uh, which coming one? Up next. Oh, Planet Jazz yeah, coming Planet up next. Yeah, Planet Jazz. Yeah. You know, I've got a dilemma coming up. What? Um, because I've got Paul Taylor on coming on the show September 7th. Sure. And we were going to do... Um, uh, Gerald Albright, September 5th, but since that's Labor Day, the station will be down, so we'll be on pro- program. So, ah, so okay. now the folks with Gerald Albright want to do September 7th. So the question is, can I do two saxophone players debuting their new CDs on the same day? Hmm. Yeah. So, here's the thing I'm going to have to do. I have to call Paul Taylor's people first to see if they would have a problem. Then I have to call Gerald's people second to see if they'd have a problem. Sure. But any way you look at it, it's no problem. Because either they're both going to be on the same day or we'll have them on different days. But jazz is next. Yes, Planet Jazz. Okay. It's a world of jazz. All right. We'll be back to close out the show. Thank you, Alvin. Hi, I'm Hannah Kabede, host of Tasta Live Talk Radio every Saturday at 2 p.m. on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington. Tasta is trauma awareness and support through the arts. The show is live and listeners are invited to participate via text, Twitter, and Facebook. I discuss different topics each week. I invite guests and share stories and helpful information from various resources. This is a show about putting a spotlight on trauma survival from a multicultural perspective. Be sure to tune in every Saturday at 2 p.m. on WERA 96.7 FM. All right, so thank you guys for, for joining me today. This has been Enlighten Me. You are listening to WERALP in Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM. Catch you next week, Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Alvin Jones is next. All right, catch you guys next week.